Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Fishing for Men with Mac show. Good evening, everybody, and uh, welcome to Fishing for Men with Mac. I'm excited to do this podcast with you tonight. In actual fact, um, I'm a little bit um, emotional and a little bit really challenged in my spirit to to share some of the thoughts that I'm going to be speaking about tonight. Last week, I posted a video on Facebook um, where I really took on um, the Prophet Muhammad, the founder of the Islamic faith. And if you've listened to the podcast, if you've seen that video, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. And some people close to me have asked, you know, should we, should I, should I post this on my Facebook? This is really, really offensive. And then I had some people comment on that video, uh, Muslims particularly, that was they were really upset about it. They didn't like that video. And it, it's really got me thinking. It really made me feel uncomfortable this week because my goal was not to really infatuate people or make people very angry at me. Um, but I realized also in conversation with Alfreda that what happened in my mind was that at night when I go climb in bed, I would scroll through some of the videos on Facebook and look at what people are saying about different faiths. And I came across various videos where uh, Muslims were attacking Christianity and were making all kinds of interesting claims in quite an arrogant way. And that obviously filtrated into my mind and, and my heart, which I should have checked. And so when I launched that video and I, I spoke about this, the content of, of Muhammad's life, it, it sort of came across quite aggressively, but in the back of my mind, I was really standing up against these guys that I saw on these videos uh, trying to discredit my faith. And then I went and did the same. And I've got to be honest with you, I've, I've, got, to, I've got to repent of that. That was not the right attitude to do it. Um, we don't defend our faith um, by trying to deliberately demean and discredit and break down other people's faith that that is not the goal i do believe that there's ultimate truth and we need to stand up for that but instead of breaking down other people's faith i believe that we need to build up our own faith and give good reasons as to why we submit to the god that that we love so deeply i also reflected on the words in first peter 3 verse 15 which is about apologetics that tells us that we need to always give a reason for the hope that we have but that we always need to do that with gentleness and respect and so i'd like to just if you've been listening to this podcast if you've looked at that video i i want to sincerely apologize and say please don't follow that example there are better ways to speak the truth without um without deliberately demeaning people in disrespect and i think that some of the maybe the way that i said things was a bit disrespectful um and it, it did really upset some people i mean i had some guys some some muslim guys who really the one guy was throwing some middle fingers at me on facebook the other guy was saying where do i get this info and i had to send him the verses so everything that i said there um it definitely comes from the scriptures of of the the muslim faith um, it's just that sometimes most of the Muslims don't know those things. And when you blurt that out on, on a public sort of um, on public social media, that, uh, it's understandable why it would upset people. That's not the way that we're going to win people over. And I realize that now. I'm not going to win people over by deliberately in their face trying to, to hurt them and tell them that they're ridiculous to believe in something. Rather, what I must do is, is inspire them to consider that um, Christianity might just have something that is worthwhile looking in. 
And so tonight, uh, and, and so I decided that every week when I'm going to post these videos, I'm just going to still speak the truth, but I'm just going to sort of just slow it down a bit and, and not be so harsh on the other faith and, and more in a loving way present the truth because I, I, I do not for one second believe that uh, Christianity is false and that Islam do not need to be taken on. In actual fact, um, the way that things happened this week and the way that people responded to this re really made me realize this is a huge issue, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe there's no Muslims around you, but at the core of the problem is this, that Islam believes Jesus is not God. And that's where the big issue comes in. And that's perhaps why there was such a spiritual onslaught um, and why it was such an uncomfortable environment for me, because there's a spiritual war going on. The Bible says clearly that um, he who believes that Jesus is not the Son of God, he is the Antichrist. And that is the that forms the heart of our Christian faith. That forms the heart of our Christian faith, that God um, became a man and he took on and he took on flesh. So it's something that we definitely need to defend. Um, I just think that it always needs to be done appropriately with gentleness and with respect. One of the comments that came from that video is is the foundation of this podcast. And this guy sent a message on that video. He says, you are extremely disrespectful because um, all religions uh, are just ways of worshipping the same God. And it's not the first time that I've heard this. I've heard this so many times. And I think uh, it, it sort of is birthed in agnosticism. When you go to people and you say, do you believe uh, that God exists? They'll, often some people would say, well, I believe that there is a God, but I don't want to choose a particular religion. And so they would admit that there must be a higher power. They can see the evidence of a higher power, but they don't want to commit to a particular religion. It's like, it's just the way that postmodernism has developed. We don't want to choose a side. Everybody has got a right for their faith, and so everybody can be right. Um, I do, however, believe that there is objective truth and that when we evaluate the religions of the world, we will find objective truth. I believe that truth is Christianity and I've got valid reasons for that, which I'm going to explain tonight. But what I'd like to do this podcast on is just basically two things I want to deal with. First of all, I want to just prove that it's impossible that all the religions worship the same God. And that's an important thing to talk about. There are loads of people out there that's got that misconception. Now, there's one God and all the religions are just different paths to him. And the second thing I really want to elevate is just why I'm a Christian. And obviously, there, you know, I could do hundreds of podcasts about why I'm a Christian. Um, but I'd like, to, I'd like to just dig deep into um, why I believe Jesus is the way. And, and I haven't really prepared notes on this, so I'm just going to, as we go along, I'm going to just um, wing it because then you know that it will come from my heart. And it's a good exercise to do. It's a good exercise to do for you when you're alone in your bed, you, you lie at night and you wonder why are you a Christian? Or it's a good exercise to just, in actual fact, just if, if you don't believe in any God or you can't make up your mind about these different religions, I want to challenge you to, to consider, consider what I'm going to say. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to evaluate the four major religions of the world. Christianity claims to have 31.2% of the world population, 24.1% to Islam, Hinduism 15.1%, Buddhism 6.9%. Those are the four major religions of the world in terms of uh, population. 
Um, the question then is, why don't they worship the same God? Yes, yes f- just to start off with, if there is one God and all these religions are just different ways of connecting with this God, then that God is utterly confused. And that God is utterly inconsistent because to one group of people, he says something and to another group of people, he says something else. And most of these religions claim to have divine revelation from God. Why is it that their divine revelation then contradicts? Is God busy with a game here? To one group of people, he reveals who he is and to another group of people, he reveals himself to be somebody else. I don't think that's the case. Nature is too clear and understandable and simple. For a God to exist who confuses the human race, who confuses the way to him and the way to him are vastly different. All right. So let me let's start off with the beginning, looking at these four faiths. First of all, they've got different gods. They've got totally different gods. The shape of the gods are different. The number of gods are different. In Christianity, we have a triune God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's Christianity. Three persons in one. In Islam, there is one God. That God is distant. In Hinduism, there are 200 million gods with some main God by the name of Brahman. And then in Buddhism, there is no God. So you can't compare Buddhism to any other faith because Buddhism doesn't claim to have any relation with a a divine being. Now, let's just talk about this quickly, because this is important for me. Why do I choose the triune God over the 200 million gods or the one God of of Islam or the faith that has no God? Well, first of all, I believe that there is a God. We can see it in the creation around us. We can see it in in the birthing process. We can see it in conception. Uh, There has to be a God. So I believe there has to be a God. And that obviously excludes Buddhism. Buddhism doesn't come... um, doesn't meet my existential needs. The idea of 200 million gods confuses me a bit. But let me let me just talk about the triune God. The reason why this is so powerful for me. Because God created the world and he's invisible. And for hundreds of years, in actual fact for thousands of years, people made objects, physical objects out of matter because they wanted something physical to worship. All right. So you had statues of God made, gods made that were powerful, that had muscles. There was Osiris and there was Poseidon and there was Zeus. And these these gods, there were statues made of them. Um, sometimes a meteor would fall from the sky like Diana. I think it was in Ephesus. And they would then say this stone looks like a woman. So she must be a god. You see, people have always wanted to see their God. And it seems like at exactly the right time. I don't know if you know this, but 98% of the world population of everybody that has ever lived was born after Jesus. At exactly the right time, the book of Galatians tells us, Jesus came into the world. And the power of this is this. God puts on flesh. He becomes a human like us so that we can see him. Wow. God says, look, I'm invisible and I'm distant. You know what? I'm going to come close. I'm going to put on human clothes that if I was a human, that's what I would look like. Because you guys want to see who I am. So I will put on clothes and I'll come show you who I am. And I'm going to show you exactly what my heart is all about. I'm going to come die on a cross. 
That's it. I'm going to show you exactly what's the content of my heart, and it is love. And I don't know how you feel about love, but the worst criminal in this world loves. The guy who murders, he loves somebody. He loves his mother or he loves his child. There's no human being that cannot love somebody. It's part of us. It's our whole being. And the God, the Christian God says, if you summarize him, he is love. So God comes and he shows the human race. This is who I am. And this is how the God of the universe feels about, about us. And then he dies and he's resurrected and he goes back to heaven. Because God can't stay dead, right? Okay, so then he sends his Holy Spirit. Remember we're talking about the triune God. you got the Father, you got the Son, you got the Holy Spirit. And this is where God says, all right, I've seen now for hundreds of years, you guys, you can't be good enough. And all the religions say that you've got to be a good person. And then God says, look, I can see you guys, you can't be good enough. So what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to forgive your sins through my Son, Jesus Christ, when you accept him. Wash all of your sins. I'll forget about them, all right? And then because you clean, I'm going to come plant myself in you. And now I'm going to start changing you from the inside out. Ladies and gentlemen, we can never be good enough by our own effort and our own strength. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit. It is God entering a human, a weak, fleshly human and saying, I'm going to come live with you and I'm going to change you from the inside out. And that for me is absolutely amazing. I've experienced it in my life that one day I woke up, I decided to follow Christ and I was wicked and I was a sinner. A few years later, I look back and I, I realize I'm not the same person anymore. And then I look up to heaven and I say, thank you, Lord, God of heaven and earth, that you, that you made yourself lower than the angels, that you came to the earth, that you submitted on the cross. You didn't have to. You submitted on the cross and you forgave my sin. And then you came and you lived inside of me and you cleansed me from the inside out. Thank you, Lord. So there's these different gods. That's why I'm a Christian. That's why I choose the triune God. All right. Then let's talk about the different names. The, the, the God of the Israelites, his name is Yahweh, which literally means he is the breath. He is life. He is our life. He's the one who gave us life. And then there's Allah of Islam. And then there's Brahman, uh, the main God of the Hindus. And then the Buddhists, they don't have a God. I choose Yahweh because he is the triune God, as I just explained. And because he is, when he describes himself, he's not distant. He's, he's a God of love. That's how he describes himself. He, he's not hiding up there in the clouds, standing with a whip and looking down on us and saying, you, you guys better do better good things than bad things. Otherwise, you're not going to make it into heaven. He guarantees us eternal life because his son died on the cross. That's why I believe in him. And my, my struggle with, the, with the, the Muslim God, for example, is this, that he's distant, that he's angry, that he's this just God. And all you have to do is you've got to worship him. And you hope that at the end of your life, you've done enough good things that you've done more good things than bad things and that he will actually accept you. You can never know whether you're going to go to the Islamic heaven. You never know that. In Christianity, 1 John 5.14 says, I write this, that you may know that you have eternal life. That is absolutely phenomenal that when I put my trust in Christ, I don't have to fear death. 
And that, by the way, the book of Hebrews says that Jesus came to take away our fear of death. The biggest problem that the human race has is death. That's our biggest problem. We know we should be living longer. We know we should be living forever. We feel uncomfortable when family members die. And there's only one religion that solves the issue of death, and that is Jesus Christ and His Christianity. Jesus died. He was raised to life to show the world that if you trust in Him and you die, you will live again. No other God provides that. No other God provides that. And then these religions have different requirements. Not only do they have different gods, not only do the gods have different names, but the religions themselves, they have different requirements. In Christianity, the primary, um, the primary idea is this. The primary requirement is this, to have faith, to trust that what Jesus did on the cross is enough to pay for your sin, to put your trust fully in Him, because you can never be good enough. And then to love and so you do what is right because you love Him. You don't do what is right because you're scared of going to hell. Your sins have been paid for. Therefore, you love. That's what we call grace. Christianity is a religion of grace. It's a religion of grace. Nobody's good enough. Nobody's ever good enough to make it to heaven. The requirements of Islam is external obedience. And there are loads of laws and rules. There's the five pillars of Islam, the Shahada, the five times praying a day, the almsgiving, the fasting, and the Hajj, this trip that you've got to do to go walk around the Kaaba in, in, um, up in the Middle East. So external obedience tells me that I will never be good enough. If I try to be good enough on the outside, hope that one day I've said enough prayers. Hope that one day I did not touch a piece of bacon. Hope that one day that my clothing and my dress code was okay. That the way that I prayed was okay. Hoping that I was good enough. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no Muslim on the planet that is good enough for the Muslim God. It's impossible. And then there's Hinduism. Hinduism have all kinds of things to be good people and to say the mantras and different meditations. And, and Buddhism is also about meditations and about being a good and peace-loving person. And about separating yourself from your fleshly desires, etc., etc., um, that's really the goal. You see that the goals are totally, totally different. In Christianity, it's faith, love. In Islam, it's external obedience. In Hinduism, it's, it's about mantras and being a good person. And in Buddhism, it's about meditation and also being a good person that nobody on the planet can actually get right 100%. The other reason why I also hold on to the God Yahweh is because He is above our perception of holiness. His holiness is beyond measure, beyond comprehension, beyond understanding, totally and utterly the holiest being in the universe. That's why it's the only path to take because it's only under the religion of Yahweh that we have a person that was perfect, that was sacrificed, that paid for the sins of the world so that I can actually stand in front of God and not pay for my own sin. It's the only faith that makes you good enough to enter the presence of God. No other faith offers you that. So different gods, different names, different requirements, and then a different life after death. Christianity promises heaven and heaven is not about a place just about a place but about a person it's christianity is not about rules but about relationship and all the other faiths are about rules and not relationship christianity says that when you come to the end of this life you get to meet your creator and you get to spend with him in eternity and he will take his own finger and wipe the tears of your eyes 
And He will be the sun. He will give you light. You won't need light because He will be your light. You will walk with Him and talk with Him and you will spend eternity with Him. It's eternal peace. That's the, the heaven of Christianity. Whereas it seems the heaven of Islam is about pleasure. It's about pleasure. It's about, in many ways, earthly pleasure. For, for example, dying uh, for Allah and then you receive 72 virgins when you get to heaven. And then we can talk about Hinduism and Hinduism believes in reincarnation. And the ultimate goal is to be freed from the cycle of being reincarnated the whole time. You die as a human, come back as a dog. You die as a dog, you come back as a human, etc. And that's, there's a whole set of problems with that. And the same can be said of Buddhism that also believes in this, in this reincarnation. And just a side note, the reason why that's a problem is because the earth won't go on forever. So in, in Hinduism and Buddhism, there is no eternal life. Because the earth will eventually end. That's a scientific fact. I choose Christianity because it's about peace. I don't know how you feel about your life, but in my existential life, life on earth can be quite tough. We battle with bodies that want to get sick. We battle with crime. We battle with fear that we're going to have food tomorrow, that we're going to keep our jobs. Earth is not always a peaceful place. And so it's absolutely amazing for me that one day I can be in the presence of my God that, that I can already have a relationship with now. With now, No other religion creates the opportunity for us to have a relationship with the Holy God. Jesus is the mediator between God and man. The perfect sacrifice for the sins of the world. Therefore, I can have a direct relationship with the God of heaven. That is wonderful. And that's not based on me being a good person. It's not based on how good I am, how clean my mouth is, how I cut my hair and the food that I eat. No, it's all about him being so good that he loved me first. And because he loved me first, I have an opportunity to love him back. That's Christianity. And then these faiths, not only do they have different gods, different God names, different requirements, different ideas of heaven or life after death, different, they've got different scriptures. In the biblical, in the biblical, the Christianity world, the, the worldview of Christianity, you've got texts written by 40 different people over a period of 1,600 years that tells the same story. It's a love letter from the God of heaven. And these writings have been tested scientifically. These writings have been confirmed historically. These writings have been copied over and over and over again for the last 2,000 years. They have been confirmed through prophecy. I, you know, I can't even go on to talk about this. But what's phenomenal for me and the reason, the key reason why I believe in this, in these, these texts, is because it wasn't written by one guy. That's the key reason why. It wasn't written by one man. It was written by 40 different people. And when, when you come to Islam, the main text of Islam is the Quran, who was written by one man. Well, it was dictated. It was um, spoken out by one man who heard the set of words from an angel in a cave and nobody else witnessed that. I believe in Jesus because more than 500 people witnessed his death and his resurrection. More than 500 people in history confirm this. Even secular historians that were not Christians said that, you know, he couldn't even be called the man. So I believe in that because I believe in Christianity because it was confirmed by multiple witnesses. We have gospel accounts of the life of Jesus from four people. 
And we know the ancients believed that you needed at least four witnesses. Yet when we come to Islam and their main text, and I'm not being rude here or anything, but there are no other witnesses. Nobody else saw the angel Gabriel speak to Muhammad and so that they could believe that the words he spoke came from God. There's no evidence that the words he spoke came from God. That for me is a huge problem. Where in Christianity we've got the solid foundation of these scriptures that have been around for thousands of years. 600 years before Muhammad even came onto the scene, we had all of these scriptures. It has changed lives, thousands of lives. It is the sole, most sold book in the world, the most translated book in the world. And what makes it also hard for me to believe in the Islamic faith is that, you, that you've got to know Arabic to understand what God says because you can only fully understand the faith when you can read and understand Arabic. So the God, of, of if He's the true God of heaven, He requires of me to learn a whole new language so that I can understand what He's saying. Whereas the Christian faith, the texts that have been left by us, by our forefathers in the Christian faith, was written down in a way that it can be translated into any language in the world. And it's been written in such a way that the core truths can be understood by anybody. It doesn't matter what language you even speak. And then there are other scriptures in the Islamic faith. There's the Hadith and the Sunnah. In actual fact, it's a whole host of complicated things. And, and maybe some Muslims would say, well, it doesn't. the other scriptures don't really matter. I, I, I doubt that they would say that. They would say the only book that matters is the Quran. Yes, but the Quran says that we need to follow Muhammad and what he did. And the Hadith and the Sunnah tell us what he did and what he said. So we need the other scriptures because the Quran says that we need it. So it's a whole complex set of scriptures that even the Muslims disagree on. And then in Hinduism, you've got the Vedas. We don't even know who wrote those. We don't even know when they were written. I cannot believe in something like that. And then there's the Sutra that was written by Ananda, the first disciple of Buddha. So out of these scriptures... I, I've got to choose the one that is most rational, the one that's most historically accurate, and the one that is confirmed most by most witnesses. And that comes down to the canon of scriptures. And then lastly, these religions have different founders. Christianity was started by Jesus. God becomes flesh. He dies on a cross. He shows he dies in weakness. He dies in weakness at the age of 33 with a primary message for the world that his father loves the world and he was demonstrating the father's love to us in Islam it was started by Muhammad and I've already said many things about him and he was a man and he was an imperfect man just like me just like everybody else on the earth that's why it's, it's not a big deal that he was imperfect but he wasn't God he wasn't the perfect son of God okay so he was incapable of being perfect he was a man and I cannot follow a man I can only follow a God all right, and then um, we don't know who wrote the Hindu scriptures, so I can't follow that. And then um, Buddha, Buddha wrote down some things, or, or he founded he founded the Buddhist faith. And there are obvious reasons why uh, I cannot follow that faith because there's no eternity in Buddhism. And yeah, let's just leave it there. I go with the founder, Jesus Christ. I choose him. I choose him because thousands of people go every year. They go to Jerusalem to go look at an empty tomb. That's why I follow him. Every year thousands of people go up to Megiddo to go to the tomb where Muhammad is buried and his bones. It's beneath the ground. You could touch it. He's, he's dead. 
I serve somebody that is living. That's why I follow Jesus Christ. Not only do I follow him because of what history says, but because I experience him in my heart. He lives in me and he's practical and he meets my needs. He understands me and I can have a personal relationship with him. So all of these religions, they can't all be right. It's impossible. They can all be wrong, but they can't all be right. And so each person in this universe needs to go on a journey and, and go seek out which one it will be. And that could be really daunting because all these religions have really complex scriptures. I mean, we could go look at the facts and we can look at the history and we can look at its simplicity and its relevance. Is this relevant to my life? I think at the end of it all, what will open up for you the correct religion is when you truthfully go on your knees and you speak to the God of the universe and you say, Lord, I want to know where you are. I want to know who you are. Are you this God who became flesh? Although I can't understand the Trinity, um, are you the God that became flesh and died for us? Are you the God of love? Is that who you are? Are you this distant God that that desires just worship from us and we are never sure whether we're going to come into your presence or not? Or are you this whole, you know, 200 million different gods of Hinduism that really meets, designed to meet my needs? Or, Lord, is there no God? And maybe if you if you don't get an answer, then maybe Buddhism is is correct if you if you go with that prayer. But if you go truthfully with that prayer and you speak to God and you go with an open heart, with all honesty, and you say, you know what, I just want to know the truth. And you've got an honest heart. You don't want to confirm your the traditions of your, your forefathers. You just want to know the truth. I believe that you will find the truth. And I want to challenge you to do that. I want to challenge you to do that. Guys, I hope that um, I have not babbled on too much. Spoke lots from my heart. I'm passionate about the God that I believe in. And I hope that you are too. Guys, have a wonderful week. Love you all. And if there's anybody that you know that needs to listen to this podcast, please send it forward to them. Cheers, guys.